afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Coaching. My name is Kim Britz, International Leadership Coach, Trainer and Facilitator and host of the Lunchtime Series where we add value to people's lives happening every day at 12 on ebizradio.com. Today we are chatting to an executive head. She's also a certified director and life coach, Mpumi Nkube Daka. Am I saying you correctly? Mpumi. There we go. Mpumi, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Kevin. And how are you? Good, good, good. Uh, I'm uh, I'm so glad that uh, we we're kicking off 2021 with a conversation with you. Don't you want to tell us more about who you are, uh, your bit of ba- your background, um, as well as what we're going to be speaking about today? Cool. Um, so as you said, my name is Mpumeng Betaga. I am an executive in corporate as well as a change um, a coach. I've been in corporate for forever, Kevin, nearly 30 years of corporate life. And I've been in and out of corporate and have worked for global companies as well as South African companies. And so I'm I'm very passionate. There are a few things that I'm quite passionate about. So I'm very passionate about corporate strategy, about innovation in corporate. Um, I'm passionate about personal development, women leadership, we can go on and on and on. Um, But I think for today, um, the discussion that I had with you, you know, COVID has brought some major changes in people's lives. And I think the conversation should be about what are the adjustments that the work environment needs to bring post-COVID. I think some of it, we make some assumptions about what we think we need to be doing, or we make assumptions for our employees about what corporate is supposed to be doing. So I think that's what we need to just dig deeper in and, and, and discuss. So, Bumi, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, that conversation about how do we go back to, to normal, right? And I think, uh, in your opinion, please tell us, like, um, do you think we're going back to an, uh, the, the way things were? I don't think so. I think we can, I don't think so, to be honest. I think things have changed. A lot of people have gone through either losing people, getting affected or affected by, by COVID in some shape or form. Um, so personally, I haven't lost anybody touch wood and I'm quite grateful for that. But I've had staff that have lost people And for me, the anxiety, I've just felt a lot of anxiety every time I have to go out and have to come back into my own space. And I've had to attend funerals and that anxiety of, am I okay, am I not okay? There's the psychological and the emotional element that comes with that. So there's no way we can go back to normal. And I think we've all step back to introspect and, and figure out what's important in our own lives. And I think a lot of decisions are going to be made post-COVID. There's a lot of change that people are, are somehow you're going to be forced to embrace change and make decisions around what are the things that you think are not working for you anymore. And and just the reality that life can be too short is, is just very glaring, you know. And, and I think, yeah, it can't be the same. There's no way it can be the same. <laughs> yeah, and I think it it's also afforded us or pushed us into that direction of really wanting to reconsider 
why we do what we do and, and how we're doing that. You know, yeah. from the work that I do and from the, the environment that I find myself, COVID has really pushed that button, right? And it's, it's really making us think about uh, what does my future look like? What is it, you know, what does it hold and uh, where to from it? And that leads us into, you know, that, this conversation about uh, what corporates have to really start focusing on and, and what uh, the future forward kind of thinking looks like. So don't you want to divulge and, and tell us more about uh, what are corporates needing to do? What, what is the future and uh, where should we, what are, what are some of those things that we should start focusing on? So I think there's a lot of conversations around remote working, work from home. And I think corporates need to take time to, to really think about what does that mean? You know, there's, what does remote working mean? Um, and how do you make it work for your, for your staff? You know, and that's quite critical. And there's also a difference between just work from home and work from anywhere. And I think there's that differentiation between that. I've had friends talk about they've had some policies that have been implemented in their in their companies where it's about you need to work from your home, but you can't be anywhere else. Like what difference does that make in a bigger <laughs> scheme of things? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and for me it's about changing the concept of what performance is about. It's yeah. all about output. And, and some companies are still stuck on, it's all about the in and the out, the clocking in and the clocking out. Yes. But how do you change that? Because, so I've worked, as I've said, I've worked for a number of, of, of companies and most global companies that I've worked for. Years ago, they were already doing flexible um, working hours. And what you find with flexible working hours is that productivity in some shape, way, or form, actually does go up. Yeah. So there's a sense of trust that corporate needs to bring. And I think this time it's it's very clear that people are delivering. People are not running around and not delivering on their work. People are delivering, so the output is there. So yeah. you need to embrace that and come up with strategies that really work. But there's also an element, Kevin, of how do you localize that? So let me make an example for you. Yeah. In South Africa, you've got staff that, um, employees that are staying in crowded areas. So you find that in a house, there are eight, 10 people that are living in a four bedroom house. Yeah. Question becomes, that person, now that you've got a work from home policy is forced to be working from home, but the environment is not conducive for them to be working from home because yeah. everybody is there, they are on top of each other. So we need to consider some of those things to say, do you have a hybrid way your employees have a choice to be able to go back to the office? And yeah. in the office, you've actually then put in some elements that are going to support them. And it doesn't become just um, a blanket policy, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that element, there's element of, of also being clear on why do you think you need to make these adjustments? What is the strategic objective behind that? So some of this is with the future, if you want to attract talent, flexible working is just going to be core to that conversation. And the question becomes, 
what have you put in place for that? And if your competitors are doing it, why are you not doing it? So it can be a differentiating factor and a competitive advantage for you if you want to attract the best talent to come work for you. And it's all about, you can work from anywhere and let's deliver on what we're supposed to be delivering. Um, and I think that's, that's quite important. And the, those are things that I'm quite passionate about. I think I've always been that leader or that manager. I don't care what you do, but as long as stuff gets delivered on time and when it's needed. And I think just continuing on that, on that thinking for me is the biggest thing that managers and CEOs really need to, to consider. And, and what I've seen and what I'm reading during this time is that employee engagement has actually gone quite high because there's a sense of flexibility that people are finding with remote working. So it's finding a way to embrace that element and seeing what that looks like for you. So for me, the, the question is, as much as um, remote working is becoming reality, what happens to the element? Uh, and just from your perspective, what happens to the mental health element? One of the key uh, components to working remotely at the moment is people feel so disconnected. They feel like they're not, and not everybody, I'm making generalization, but there are moments where people are saying, yeah, I don't feel like I'm part of the team and I feel like I'm, uh, that's the one thing and I I'm completely disconnected. The other thing is um, people have also pointed out and noted um, that they're working longer, they're working more hours you know, based on the fact that now, you know, <laughs> they have their laptop with them all the time and they can connect anywhere. So they, they, they're not even taking, uh, taking those moments to create those boundaries. Um, and, and you and I have worked on a project where people were doing that, right? So yeah. but they're just working and working and working and like eventually going, no guys, you need healthy boundaries, you know? Um, how, how do we as, uh, as organizations really create a culture where as much as we want the output uh, to be the aim uh, and, and trust to be in that environment, we, we also need strong values in uh, creating boundaries and not overworking people. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. Um, people have been working long hours, but creating the boundaries becomes the, the most important thing for you as an individual and for your to actually understand that now you're not going to have available from six o'clock to ten o'clock it's just not possible um, and there shouldn't be those type of expectations so for some of the companies that i've worked for we what i've found quite um useful is that if you've got a flexible working policy there are core hours that people are expected to be uh, online yeah. So there's an element of saying between half past nine and three o'clock, you are available and you are online and anybody can get hold of you. And yeah. what I found with that is that in that five hours or whatever, how many hours it is, people are then very much engaged and, and hence the productivity goes up. And between nine o'clock, you can have your doctor's appointment, go do your groceries or whatever, but there's that kind of flexibility. You are able to drop off your kids without worrying about rushing. Now you need to be connecting. And so I found myself sitting in the parking lot 
and I've got my earphones and I'm, on a, I'm in a meeting. You know what I mean? I'm okay with that because I'm able to be picking up my kids and be able to also do this work that I'm doing at that point in time. So I think it's that flexibility, but also having the boundaries of being clear that as a company, we have a policy that people should be available at this time. Or maybe it's, it's, it might sound very old fashioned, that maybe between 12 and two, there are no meetings that are being set so that people can actually walk away from their spaces and be able to do other things and engage. Yeah. And I think what the trick has been with COVID is that some of us as parents have found ourselves having to be teachers at the same time, which also has been a very tricky element because now during the day, you need to be finding time to be doing your work and then teaching your kids because there's a submission that needs to happen by the end of the day. Yes. So all of that needs to be taken into account. So for me, I think being comfortable with your staff actually having honest conversations with you about their availability during the course of the day, I think it's quite critical. And, and as leaders, we need to be open to that. Because for me, as I say, as long as the work is getting done, that's yeah. the most important thing. But I think there's another element which you then touch on that talks to people feeling isolated. And, and we were having this conversation with somebody and, and that trick of, and I'm bad at this, I'm one of those people that I'm bad at it, but switching on your video in a meeting makes a huge difference. Yes. Because what usually happens is I'm behind the screen, I switch off, I end up doing my other things and my emails and that human connection actually disappears. And I'm bad, my video is always off. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm consciously, after that conversation, it actually makes sense to me that I think we need to be consciously putting ourselves on video so that you're able to see the person and have a conversation that is authentic, if you want to call it that, and, and you feel like you're present and you're in their space even if you're not. And I think having those small tweaks makes a huge difference. Or it feels like you're just on a walkie-talkie when they... <laughs> When you're behind the black screen, and your alphabets up there, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think being conscious about some of those things helps. And if we were to go back to work, I think just the flexibility of knowing that you can go back to the office. You don't have to, but you've got an option to go back to the office. I think it needs to be So, yeah, I think those are the type of models that... Um, corporates need to look at. So one of, I'm just making notes here on <clears throat> what's really standing out is um, honesty and transparency. Uh, you know, I think long gone have we, we passed that point where uh, you, you, you have to satisfy or say the things you, you think people want to hear, you know, from a leadership perspective, but also from an employee's perspective, creating uh, the leader being able to create space for people to be honest and open. Mm. Uh, and, and like you, you're mentioning, you know, when I have kids or I have this thing in my world that I need to take care of, um, what is the flexibility? And I mean, flexibility is something as a theme that's coming up today it is so important, right? So, you know, like the honesty and transparency that that, that we need to also uh, create as a, a, 
as a value of of the, the culture of organizations do you think that is now it speaks more to to the culture of the, the the organization than ever before i think it does um because what you find before you know just the stress of having to come tell your boss that i'm not feeling well and i need to go to the doctor and you get a look of you're wasting time you know what i mean it just feels it there was sometimes there would be that awkwardness yeah. on, on knowing that i really need this time to go sort myself out because if i don't sort myself out then the work gets affected you know yeah. so as a leader you just needed to be flexible and be clear that you it really doesn't matter when people are doing some of the things that they need to do because life happens so you know but but now i think it's quite critical and for me there's a trust factor and and i found that in some of the corporates the trust factor is not there you want to see people walking in and walking out you want see, to see people sitting at their desk at eight o'clock in the morning and if they are not there it's a major issue like that for me is my pet peeve and and i remember interviewing for some companies and my line was if your clock watchers know that i'm not going to work for you because that that just doesn't work for me as a person you know and and for me is being able to have those honest conversations of you've got different teams but other people work differently and and people have got different energy at different times yeah. you know other people are morning people and other people work better in the afternoons so as corporate how do we find ways to actually embrace that yeah but still let the communication flow and collaboration flow within the business and it's finding those strategies that work from that perspective so part of the theme sort of that's that's also standing out is uh, I mean, it's what you do, you know, like product and innovation. So in terms of innovation, so do you, how critical is that as, a, as, as part of the skill set that, that leaders have to have uh, in, in 2021? Essentially, you know, we've, we've literally gone through 2020 kind of realizing, oh, okay, this is what's happened. And you get to the other side and you go, okay, well, how are we, we going to stay on the forefront of innovation? Because if we, if we aren't, and if we don't come up with innovative ideas, innovative product, um, we probably and surely will fail uh, if anything like this ever happens again. Yeah, I think, you know, some of these words get thrown around a lot, agility um, and that type of stuff. But, but the bulk of it actually boils down to that. It boils yeah. down to how quickly do you make decisions and how quickly do you see that there are processes that need to be changed? Because sometimes it's not about coming up with new products. Sometimes it's just about what processes do we need to change so that we can make things easier, either for ourselves as a company or for our customers. And, and that element of, of having those processes that work, that are digitized, that doesn't have to take a lot for somebody to do, that that becomes the thing you know yeah. but so to make an example for you we used to do some of our sprints in a like a four-day sprint in a boardroom and you've got post-its all over the place and everybody is working through customer journeys and stuff when COVID hit we needed to figure out on how can you do that online as quickly as possible yeah 
and the team was able to find um, software that you could use. Some of the stuff that we could not have bothered to check if it existed, if we're still in the office. Yeah. And then sprints were, design thinking sprints were happening online and they were shorter than the ones that we were doing when we were in, in some conference. <laughs> yes. So it's being able to say, and being open to fail quickly when you're, when you're doing things because you fail quickly and you know that this is not working, then we need to come up with something something else. And being open, Kevin, to just taking ideas from all over the business. There are no specific people that need to come up with ideas. Everybody needs to be able to come up with ideas and everybody needs to then embrace. Ask your security guard what they think about something. Ask your tea lady what they think about something. And, and it's amazing where somebody who's not involved in something on a day-to-day -day basis will just say something, a comment, and you're thinking, and then it triggers something to you because you are engaged with that. But yeah. some of the solutions come from people that you don't even think about, and you yeah. wouldn't necessarily engage in some of these conversations. Yeah, <laughs> and that you know that leads back to the that where we started with this is you know the transparency and and being open and honest. You know when you suddenly um, create that safe space for people just to feel like yeah they can talk about whatever they want to talk about, uh, yeah. suddenly they respond differently as well, right? Um, they do. But it also leads to to uh, to uh, that um, a thought that I had with uh, one of the coaches that I've spoken to. Uh, who mentions fail fast and fail forward right yeah. <laughs> like you're saying like just be, being able to to really fail quickly means that uh i can go okay what are we learning um wh what can we take from here and let's let's get back to it um, yeah. but i think you know that lends itself to that is your your eq you know as a leader as an organization how how emotionally intelligent are we that we can put our our titles aside and um, get our brains on board and find the innovative, uh, innovative way of moving forward. Yeah. Uh, because I think so, you know, some people still are stuck behind, behind a title. Uh, <laughs> they kind of go, okay, well, I'm supposed to make this decision. And I just, I love the idea that you said, well, anyone can come up with a, with a, with a solution here. And, and, and that's the case. And I think as a leader, you're not expected to have answers. Like, what are the chances, Kevin, that you can have all the answers on everything and anything? That's, that's like minimal. I think all of us, we've got things that you are passionate about. So, so those things you will know a bit more about because you take the time to read up and engage on them. But as a person, there's no way you can know, have answers to everything. So for me, the, 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 my line has always been, who are the people that I surround myself with? And just asking, when you do not know, you ask. Yeah. And you, when you ask, you find that people come back. Like, there's no way I can know everything about everything. And I'm always comfortable. I think it's a sense of comfort. I'm always comfortable about, guys, maybe I should know this, but I don't. And that's just the reality. So what do you guys think could be the solution to one, two, three, four? And you find that you ask for people that all come back to you with different things. 
And on the basis of that, then you can then apply your mind and then decide what you think will work best for your organization at that point in time. And it's that element for me of just being open, being open to other ideas, being open to possibilities, being open to what other people are doing and being open to, um, to, to copying. If, if there's a strategy that's working somewhere else, why not use it? <laughs> why does it have to be about you thinking you need to be an, an inventor of something? Yeah. Somebody has already thought about it. So learn from that person and move on. And I thought, I don't know, that's just always been my philosophy, either personally or in the work environment. I think if you are able to see things that work in other corporates and in other industries and interrogating what that is and then seeing how you can adapt it for your business, that for me is the best thing that you can do. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's one of the foundationals that I have is looking at um, successful behavior strategy. If you can, if you can be in observation of something that's really working really well, um, why not take that same strategy and uh, allocate it to, to a different area and see what the outcome is? Because very often when we do that and we're just paying attention, if we pay attention enough, uh, we really get ourselves, I'll get our brains on board with a whole bunch of new kind of. Um, uh, yeah. ways of thinking but um if you could sort of summarize and give us a sort of um what the strategies uh, what are the considerable strategies going forward to the new normal um i mean we've spoken about a lot but if you could like capsulate that for us and sort of go okay well this is this is a good good consideration what would that be so i'll capture and maybe add one or two things that i hadn't said Please. so i think i think an element of being clear what your policy is around remote working, work from home or whatever you call that. Yeah. And, and being clear why you want to do it. I think I think that's that's quite critical. I think an element of then saying um how do you communicate and collaborate in your business now that your ways of work have, have changed. Because then you, you, you need to find ways to keep the collaboration going. You need to find ways to keep the communication going. And and to to let the staff mustn't feel like they are they are not part of a bigger unit. So what what policies and what, what tools do you put in place to be able to do that? I think that's quite critical. An element of then saying, how do you onboard people? So now you are joining a company in the midst of this. Like, how does that person get onboarded in a way that they feel like they are part of this unit? And what policies do you put in place to actually embrace that? And I think an element as well around those innovations, how do you then structure your innovation within the business how do you extract those ideas and how are they being pulled together so that you are able to then execute on them as quickly as possible? And if it's not working, moving moving on. So that trial and error space of, of trying things out, failing and then moving on, how do you then bring that thinking into the business? If you are not doing it before, now is the time to make sure that you are able to then capture that. Then there's also an element, and I think this is fascinating for me because 
I, I heard about the company who, where they do not have KPIs and they do not have performance indicators. And the one thing it boils down to is fit the culture within the, within the company. Now you're in remote areas, you are not having face-to-face -face conversation with Kevin and giving them feedback on a daily basis on what is happening. Yeah. Like how can you employ a feedback culture that is positive and that will make people don't feel like you're lashing out at them? That for me, I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, wow. If the, for, for spaces where people are able to do that, in a way that is respectful, in a way that um, people don't take offense, if, you, if, if I might call it that. Yeah. And, and the conversation is not based when we are having a performance discussion. That it's just a standard thing and it's a cultural thing that this company will give each other feedback. There are high fives where you've done well and there's constructive feedback when you are not doing well. But it's in a way that everybody embraces that. That for me, when I heard about that, I was like, wow. I think moving to the future, it's one thing that most companies need to be able to find a way to, to embrace. I'm not sure of the detail, but I think there's something in there because it then encourages people to be open to, to anything, which can be tricky at the same time. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think, you know what, uh, but I think it, you know, I'm putting, like, I'm linking a whole bunch of stuff that you're saying together because attracting talent, you know, that, that you mentioned earlier, I think that lends itself to creating this innovative sort of forward thinking culture and corporate of, of the future. Because when you, when you have, uh, when you've built trust and you've built uh, a space where uh, you're considering the trial and errors and uh, the collaboration and the onboarding processes, and you're looking at all of those elements, but you also have a trust element that supports this as a foundational, then I think all of that really starts uh, cultivating a space for, uh, for this uh, feedback culture to start existing more. Um, but I think um, I, I recently <laughs> shared a post also that, that it's, it says that um, there's a difference between giving feedback and feed forward. And I was like, oh, wait, hang on, that's interesting. And they sort of gave like comparison notes of, you know, giving people feedback and then giving people feed forward. And I was like, wow, you know, like putting it in that perspective and that kind of frame really supports um, that, no, actually, how do we, give me, give me information so we can move forward. Yeah. And I thought that was like a really, really interesting thing. But um, Pumi, if you could close off today's conversation and just give us some sort of inspiration for 2021. Um, what would that be? Uh, you know, because uh, I look at your, your resume and I think, you know, yes, yes, you have such wisdom and such, you've worked in so, <laughs> so many environments at, at such a level. What would that be if you, if you could sort of summarize and give us sort of three or maybe one really great <laughs> inspirational point of, of where we're at for 2021 and what people should really consider? I think for me, and, and I've always been this type of person, embracing change. Mm. I've always been a, about embracing change in different spaces. And that's a story for another day. Yes. Um, 
having changed careers and done all sorts of things, it's, it's just been core of who I am. But I think the pandemic has really forced us to embrace change, whether we wanted to or not, whether we, prepared, we were prepared for it or not. So it becomes an, an element of, in the midst of things going pear-shaped, what is it that matters to you and how do you then decide you move forward? And, and sometimes people talk about bouncing forward because sometimes you go through stuff and, and the question becomes, how do you take yourself out of that and you bounce forward and you, and you embrace that forced change that you were not prepared for? Because yeah. sometimes you, you, you take yourself and you prepare yourself for the changes that you want to go through. So there you feel like you're in control because you've put a plan in place and you're saying these are the things that I need to put in place. But this time around, there were no conversations. There were no plans. <laughs> it was just a matter of this is what it is. How do we deal with this? Yeah. And I think if we can continue and, and embrace the change that is coming from all these different spaces and elements, I think we can survive as a species. <laughs> Absolutely, I love that. Mpui, uh, thank you for, for making time for us. That was so so much fun. Uh, uh, please say your name again, Mpumi Mube. There we go. I'm going to get it right eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, just go. <laughs> there we go. Mpumi Mube Daka. I'm, I'm going to practice it. But um, Mpumi, thank you for making time and thank you for, for chatting with me. Uh, and yeah, I, I how do people get hold of you if they want to? touch base or they want to ask you advice, what's the best place to do that? Oh, so I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not as active as I should be on LinkedIn, but I'm there. Yes. Um, also on social media, on um, Instagram. Instagram, I run, a, um, my page is Change Conversations with Mbume, ah. um, as well as on Facebook. So change is my thing. So it's there we go, yes. <laughs> change Conversations with Mbume. Okay, fantastic. Pumi, yeah. thank you. We'll put all of those details in, in the description boxes below. And when we share it out, people can definitely click on it and get hold of you. But thank you for making the time and uh, I'll chat to you soon. Thank you for having me. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.